original mission of U Equals Me is stated as a movement of conscientious objectors to intolerance, or simply stated, a movement against intolerance. And the exploration of that statement really gets to what, what are the similarities between people? What do we all have in common? Why are we really equal as humankind? And that's what we're going to explore. This podcast is about exploring conversational thoughts and interviews with extraordinary people living ordinary lives of well-being. Discussions on exactly what well-being means to people day to day, factors that can influence it both internally and externally. We glean insights on how to survive and thrive in feeling satisfied in life with a greater sense of purpose. Guest hosts bring fresh new outlooks and opinions from spirituality, science, worldviews, and standing up and speaking out for what's right. It's pretty interesting. Man needs each other and planet Earth to survive. Check it out. I think you'll like what you hear. A message from Christ, what the world urgently needs to hear. My name is Cindy Jarvis with the U Equals Me podcast. Perhaps a few of you know that I've been studying consciousness since entering adulthood, and with even more intensity the last 25 years. It's my wheelhouse, rabbit hole, and North Star. Today, since the war has erupted in Israel, I thought this reading appropriate. The name of the book, both in paperback and audio, is titled Christ Returns, Speaks His Truth. The book is by a person who calls herself the recorder. This is what she writes in the foreword. First, I would like to explain why I have used the title of recorder in place of my real name. There was never the slightest doubt in my mind whilst writing these letters that they emanated from Christ. I have described my reasons for being so sure of this in my short biography. During the writing of the letters, I was clearly told to leave myself out of the picture that Christ's letters must stand entirely on their own. People must decide for themselves whether the letters rang true or whether people feel they were fake. I had written down what I had received and I would try to get them out for public scrutiny and whatever happened after that was strictly between the reader of the letters and Christ consciousness. Christ says, I have come to rectify the misinterpretations placed in the teachings given when I was known as Jesus in Palestine 2,000 years ago. Christ also says, because people are on the threshold of a world crisis of enormous proportions, it is vital for survival that I, the Christ, should reach all who will listen. You know little of the true processes of creation in which you yourselves play a major role. It is imperative you should understand them sufficiently to enable you to embark on the implementation of a higher vision for all humanity. It is impossible for my spiritual consciousness to take on human form, to enable me to speak to you directly. I have deprogrammed and prepared a receptive, obedient mind to receive my truth and frame it into words. She is my recorder. End of writing. I get truth bumps every time I read this. I'm going to play about 50 minutes of an audio recording of letter number four 
uh, the audio shifts a little bit in the recording, perhaps a change of timing or a microphone. Okay, here we go. Letter four. I, the Christ, have come in my love for you to make a summary of all that I perceived during enlightenment in the desert and tried to teach the Jews in Palestine 2,000 years ago. Some details of my earthly life have been related in letters one, two, and three. If you have read these, you will know it is of the utmost importance to your well-being to understand that while my followers eventually created a religion they called Christianity, founded on reports of my life and teachings, I am not dictating these letters to teach and confirm what my followers have taught. Christianity is a formal religion which, purely for reasons of expediency, took on many beliefs contrary to the spiritual truth of our source of being. What has the spilling of blood to do with universal spirit? As you must now realize, my teachings from the very beginning of my mission on earth in Palestine has always been born of the highest spiritual truth of existence, having nothing to do with human concepts and rationalizations as taught by human minds. Therefore, I repeat emphatically, while my persona on earth 2,000 years ago was that of Jesus, the purpose of my presence, the Christ presence, within these letters is to reach sensitive, inspired souls to teach them how to draw on divine assistance during the future horror in which the world will ultimately be embroiled. For this reason, my powerful longing to rescue those who can receive me has been crystallized in the form of truth of existence within these letters. Know this. Heed it. I would have you know and take particular note that I came to the Jews in Palestine 70 years before Jerusalem was rezzed to the ground. I came to the Jews to warn them that their code of conduct would be of no value to them when the future time of travail came upon them, sending them out into a hostile world. It is recorded in a gospel that I wept in despair, lamenting the fact that I would have gathered the people as chicks beneath a mother hen's breast to protect them in their time of destruction. But the people would not heed me. Instead, their religious leaders put me to death. But after the dispersal of the Jews when their temple was taken from them, did they learn from their experiences? Did they wonder why such a catastrophe had overtaken them? No. They continued in their old traditions and belief in their superiority, although repeatedly historical events proved to them that they were subject to disasters as were other people. At this very time, they have chosen to ignore the truths of existence as I taught them in Palestine and are bringing upon themselves the self-same conditions as followed my earthly life in Palestine. No matter where they may reside, their materialistic values, their head-for-an-eye traditions are drawing to them the human sorrow they have created for others down the ages by their arrogance and greed. Everything they have endured, they have brought upon themselves. This also applies to those who, through expediency, have allied themselves with Jews because of their financial power within world financial spheres and world markets. Who is it keeps the vast majority of the world population hungry 
when there is sufficient food stockpiled to feed people adequately if profit as a motive for existence were abandoned. Given the will, financial leaders could formulate and embark on plans to distribute the surplus of goods to the underprivileged. If they were to do so, they would find the entire universe responding with blessings. World economy would flourish and peace would become a world condition. Before this can happen, what has already been created in consciousness and by aggressive debased actions worldwide must first be drawn into materialized human experience, not as retribution, but as a natural working of the laws of existence. Rest assured that countries who resist the evil of others are only resisting the consequences of their own seeds of consciousness and actions in years gone by. Therefore, bully boy tactics, the ferocious attack of the mighty upon the weak, no matter how intransigent the weak may appear to be, can only bring even greater times of trouble for the bullies. Where they experienced a pinprick, they are stockpiling in consciousness the future devastation they are presently dumping on others. Perhaps they should regard the pinprick from the weak as a bugle call to alert them to their downward slide into moral decadence. Because such people are constantly breaking the laws of existence and drawing destruction of an unparalleled magnitude upon cities and earth, it is my intention in this letter not only to summarize all that I taught and lived in Palestine, but to spell out clearly the underlying causes of your approaching world crisis, which I did not cover when last I came to mankind in speech. These letters have been written prior to the most crucial time in your history, and when the travail is truly upon you, you will wonder why I did not warn you earlier. But, I have to tell you, through receptive minds I have been trying to alert the world for the past 25 years, but neither media, nor publishing house, nor TV was prepared to listen and give me the opportunity to speak to you through my agents. Politicians could reach you, but I, the Christ, could not do so because of the hardness of your hearts and your refusal to concede that I, the living Christ, could return at this time through deprogrammed and dedicated minds to warn nations of what they were creating for themselves in the future. The churches, who claim to believe in my existence, have been as self-absorbed in their own humanly conceived religious traditions as have the materialists. Now, at the eleventh hour, when fear has descended on the masses, and they are prepared to heed my words, the doors must surely open, or, again, my efforts for humanity will have been in vain. I have come to say there will indeed be a sorting of the goats from the sheep, as has been recorded in the Gospels in the Bible. The sheep refer to those souls who can peacefully receive the highest spiritual truth yet dispensed on earth. The goats refer to those who do not have the capacity to listen to anyone or anything because they have too great a rebellious spirit and ego drive. Why will they be separated at this time? They will be separated because those who are able to receive the truth contained within these pages and to live by the guidelines of the law of existence will find that although the next period of world history will be bitter indeed, they will continue in comparative peace and protection, fulfillment of need, and upliftment of spirit.
The goats, unfortunately, will have to endure all the horrific force of their innate rebellious consciousness. This is not a punishment from someone on high, but a natural working out of the law of existence. What you carry in your minds and hearts will eventually externalize in your body, life, and environment. When you resist and rebel, life offers resistance to you in the fulfillment of your desires. I have long since ascended to the highest frequencies of consciousness vibration in these celestial kingdoms and am divine consciousness itself individualized. My consciousness can encircle the globe to whoever calls on me. So it is with all the great teachers who have lived on earth and were enlightened and perceived the reality of the source of all being and have taught people from their exalted level of enlightenment. They were lifted in spiritual power to penetrate the dense veil of human consciousness and perceive what truly lay beyond the world of matter. They saw, as clearly as previous mental conditioning would permit, the basic unity of creation within the realm of creativity itself. One and all have, after transition into the next dimension of existence, escaped the treadmill of reincarnation and moved on into ever higher realms of individual pure spiritual consciousness to the portals of universal consciousness itself. They have become individualized divine consciousness possessing the power and the insight of divine consciousness. They too share in the Christ consciousness, as I said in an earlier letter. They combine the heights of intelligent love with the heights of loving intelligence, combining the power of will with the power of purpose. They are equally male and female in their drives. They are the perfect demonstration of strength and nurturing. They are the perfect example of what all men and women should be striving to attain. To attain to such perfection of being, the human spirit must set aside all divisions and rivalry. Whoever may be your acclaimed prophet, you can be assured that he is life itself and powerful within the brotherhood of all great teachers. Each prophet, each teacher, has perceived the same reality and lived in such a prayerful way as to ensure he will eventually achieve the goal of every man, perfection in paradise. It is vitally important you should understand this and realize that the divisions you make between your teachers are wholly erroneous because we are all united in our common source of being. We are a brotherhood of beings of life, each manifesting through our individuality the highest truth of our source of being. We are equal in purity, power, beauty, grandeur of spirit and love. Therefore, the sheep of every religious persuasion, those who have sufficiently evolved in spiritual understanding of the fundamental unity in your source of being, should swiftly seek to unite an equal brotherhood in your towns and countries and reach out and bond with your spiritual brethren worldwide, irrespective of all that is taking place in the external world. You should transcend all religious differences, Christian, Muslim, Sufi, Jew, Israeli, Palestinian, Hindu, Buddhist, etc., and regard yourselves as all being equally within the safe haven of universal love and universal intelligent protection, at peace with yourselves, with each other, and with those who are determined to fight to a finish. Only in this way will your planet survive the turmoil which lies ahead of you.
I have also returned to all those who are neither Muslim nor Christian nor Buddhist nor Hindu. I have come to those who desire, nay, long, to know the reality behind all existence. I have told you that I came in the persona of Jesus to the Jews in Palestine. I might well have said I came to the Arabs in the persona of Muhammad, since Muhammad and I are of one spirit. To divide us into persona having different names, Jesus and Muhammad, or Muhammad and Jesus, is the same as giving identical twins different surnames, because one teaches literature and the other teaches math. We are both of Christ's consciousness, both individualizations of divine consciousness. When on earth, we both spoke of a God of love and mercy, according to the way in which our humanity permitted us to perceive our inspired knowledge from God. You must bear in mind that we were both human beings who had been deeply conditioned by our traditional beliefs inherited down the ages. Therefore, our inspiration came to us through minds already possessed by other ideas. As I have previously told you, inspiration, unless directed into a clean, deprogrammed mind, will always take on the overtones of convictions derived from early childhood conditioning. The rational mind, which takes over when the inflow of inspiration ceases, begins to explain the new knowledge and insight in terms of what is already accepted by the human mind. But as I have already told you, I was a rebel almost from the outset of my life and could not accept the Judaic beliefs. I was a clean, eager, receptive, open-minded vessel into which the truth of existence could be poured in the desert enabling me to see universal consciousness clearly. Now our perceptions are of the very highest order. We are of one mind, one life, one love, reaching out equally to Muslim and Jew and Christian, Buddhist and all people, atheist or agnostic. Our only motive in calling to them is to bring them inspired, heart-changing insight, which will enable them to recognize their essential underlying brotherhood and spirit Encourage them to think new thoughts, relate to each other peacefully with forgiveness in their hearts, and thereafter live their lives differently, drawing light from their source of being. We would both speak of universal consciousness to you who are living in this present scientific age because you have traveled far into scientific understanding and can now receive what we both have to say. Together we say with one voice, heed. Listen, we and you on earth are all one at the very roots of our being. Whatever destruction you hand out to others, you are also handing out to yourselves. I, we, must make it clear that we have come to all people of good sense, goodwill, and good heart, irrespective of their present race and religious beliefs. We embrace love draw you all into our consciousness mantle of protection and safety. We are aware of your problems on earth at this present time. We are aware of the centuries-old conflict between Judaism and Islam. But this rift has nothing to do with us. Your squabbles leave us unmoved. Why jeopardize your own good, your own future felicity by fighting over some concept which is meaningless and therefore without value? In reality... You adhere to your chosen religions because, in the depths of your heart, you are all reaching out to the source of your being, 
although you call your source of being by different names. We are both aware of the struggles of individual Jews to live a good life and of individuals of Islam to truly reverence and venerate Allah throughout the day, attributing all they do and achieve to his power working on their behalf and of Christians immersed in their beliefs of salvation by the blood of Jesus. You are all striving to attain goodness, but will never do so while you remain divided by your beliefs. Once the maelstrom of the present world consciousness of mutual aggression has been fully spent, the day will surely come when Muslim, Jew, Christian, Buddhist, and Hindu will gather together rejecting their differences in religious beliefs and mingling as one people to give thanks to divine consciousness out of which they have drawn their being and from which will come all future boundless blessings of beautiful, inspired, and caring lives. Together, you will rebuild on old foundations and will say, let such a thing never happen between people again, for now we know that at the roots of our existence, we are truly one. When I make you suffer, I too am lessened in divine life, and my own suffering will follow. We and the brotherhood within Christ consciousness are also fully aware of Buddhists and Hindus, followers of Tao, the spiritual adepts in the Philippines and every other sect and religious discipline in every country, which is aimed at reaching and touching, even momentarily, the equilibrium of their universal source of being. We are aware of all. You are all encompassed within our universal love, compassion, and caring. You are all important to us, irrespective of your beliefs, for you are all one at the grassroots of your being. Your souls are unified in divine consciousness. One and all, you are unified and one at soul level within your source of being. If you catch a drop of rain in the palm of your hand, can you say that because the droplet of rain has landed in your hand? And because it is separated from the rain that is falling to ground, that the droplet is different in being, chemical composition, and quality of purity or strength from the rest of the rain presently falling around you? You may touch your droplet with green dye and make it green, but can you say that the green droplet is entirely different to the rest of the rain falling at that very moment? You of good sense, goodwill, and good heart, sincere and true, will be able to reply, no, the rain is not different. It is exactly the same in quality and being as the rest of the rain. The only difference is that green or red or blue dye has been added. Therefore, it has become something more than the rain falling around us, but the droplet of rain in the palm of my hand is basically the same as the rain. Every one of you, no matter who you are, what color skin you may possess, what kind of hair adorns your head and protects you from the sun, the shape of your head or body, the language you speak, the thoughts you think, the kind of words you use, the actions and deeds you perform as a result of your beliefs and your thoughts. No matter what your physical and human consciousness differences, you are all exactly the same as each other, of the same quality, begotten of the same source of being, having the same potential in infinity, the same spiritual capacities in infinity in every respect. The only difference between every one of you, Muslim, Arab, Russian Jew, 
American Christian, Tibetan Buddhist, Indian Hindu, or the additives which have been pumped into each of you as a result of your genetics derived from your parentage and race, environment, family upbringing, family resources, poor or wealthy, education, and opportunities in life. But these are all superficials. They are additives masking your reality you call your soul, even as Dai will mask the truth concerning the drop of water in the palm of your hand. Your soul comes directly from divine consciousness and remains itself, pristine and pure, and unified in divine consciousness with all other souls, despite all the additives which have covered and corroded it since birth. You must also realize that everyone is born with differing human capacities to make use of the additives pumped into them at birth. The human capacities to be utilized by each soul depend on the spiritual progress it made in previous lives. Some people climb out of deep holes of disadvantages, depression, and despair, and achieve high positions of trust and respect, wielding much influence over others. And some people fall from dizzying heights of advantage, wealth, opportunity, and talents into black holes of despair and depression, drug-taking, murder, rape, and whatever. All remain fundamentally and basically of the same beingness and potential. You are all able to rise up little by little from whatever spiritual level of consciousness you presently occupy to the heights of divine consciousness within the celestial kingdoms. As you accept these letters as being the truth of existence and seek daily to live the guidelines which will bring each of you into harmony and contact with that which gave you being, you will surely move towards and achieve the highest spiritual goals you have set for yourself at this present time. You can all rise to the point where you fully accept the truth, work to purify your personal consciousness in order to absorb divine consciousness, and become individuals filled with and radiating the power of divine consciousness in your immediate surroundings and eventually throughout the world. You are all important within your immediate environment. The parent who feels that all that is done for the family is not appreciated, who feels that he or she does not make an impact on family life, is never heard, respected, loved, who feels that outside the home or in the workplace, he or she is of no consequence and will not be missed, is lacking insight. Such a person, be they male, female, father, mother, friend, worker, employer, all make an impact on their environment. If they were removed from it, there would be a hole in the fabric of the environment. There would be a loss, and it would take time for that gap to be filled in with the arrival of someone else and by new activities of those left behind. A void is left by the biggest power and voice doer of good or the most menial worker sweeping the floor or garden paths. Each one inhabits a special place in the whole environment. Each one brings their own talent, their own character, their own way of doing things, their own impact on the people they speak to, to the place where they live or work. They are vital in their own niche. No one can rob a person of their importance except the person himself by his denial of his value. No matter if a person is born handicapped, they still have their unique place of importance in the family, the environment, sometimes 
they occupy a greater position of importance than if they had been born whole and perfect. Their achievements arouse wonder and respect. The impact they make on the environment depends entirely on their will to be, their will to act, their will to radiate goodwill, their will to make the most of their opportunities, their will to be special for people by making other people feel better than they did before the contact took place. Every condition arises out of the will which is exercised at all time. Some have been born with great willpower, others with less. But the moment that a person fully realizes that all willpower has been drawn from universal consciousness and willpower can be increased by calling on one source of being for increased willpower, so does the person begin to realize that willpower is not limited after all. It can be drawn, according to the magnitude and strength of one's faith, from universal consciousness itself. Each and every one of each gender, every race, nation, religion, every level of resources and income, from pauper to king, is equally important in the moment of now, in the moment of end of day. True differences only arise from what each person gives of himself to this moment, the next moment, and the rest of the day. A king or prime minister can be remembered for his goodness, the benefits he brought his country, or for the misery he imposed on the people. Similarly, a man born into an impoverished family who may not have developed his ability to any high level, but who gave his all in his service to his environment, will eventually be as revered by kin and friends, and in the next life reap of his sowing as does the king or prime minister. Such a person will have contributed life to his environment, because the nature of life force is unconditional love and service, work and harmony, giving whatever is necessary for the fulfillment of the needs of another. If in each day your life force is spent in just giving a cup of tea to people who are sick, then let that life force be spent in its highest form, as eager willingness to walk to the patient with a warm smile and hand over the tea with kindness, goodwill, and a desire for the healing of the person. In such a way, a tea giver can become a radiant medium of healing and upliftment. The more frequently the tea giver calls silently for an inflow of divine consciousness into her own consciousness, the greater and more penetrating will be her radiated life force to the patient. The sick person may not be aware of what is happening, but a room full of sick people, attended by such a tea giver or carer, will recover more swiftly than those who receive their tea from one who hands it to them without a glance of recognition, without a word without a kindly thought. No, each job, each moment, can be sacred and beautiful, radiant with the inflow of divine consciousness life force, uplifting, healing to the self and others. If a person takes time to realize he or she is a channel of divine consciousness, which is itself all healing, all protection, all fulfillment of a person's every need. One person, even one who cleans the floors and empties bedpans, possessing such a realization, can enter a room and become the most important, perhaps the only, distributor of good amongst six people handing out bedpans. Such a person can leave behind a legacy of increased strength in every patient. Every single person who realized that from their eyes is radiated potent life force to those at whom the vision is directed can know that their glance, that penetrating look, 
That smiling gaze has benefited the one who has received it. For everything we, yes, you and I, the Christ, think and do is an act of consciousness, and consciousness is life force. With the activity of our minds, yours and mine, we shape our consciousness, our life force, into different forms which will bless or curse the environment. The only difference between you and Muhammad and myself, known on earth as Jesus, is the kind of thought and feeling that Muhammad and I radiate to others. We both radiate life-giving consciousness energy to the world. What are you radiating in your world? Remember again how during a time of great stress during my time in Palestine, I cursed the fig tree and shriveled it to its root? Not long afterwards, I was roundly cursed by Roman soldiers and Jewish priests alike. I too was shriveled to my roots before I died on the cross. Beware what you hand out to others. Make certain you would like to receive the same. A cup of water handed to someone with love can bless and uplift that person, or, if handed out with ill feeling, can make the recipient feel small and of no account, a little weaker and more depressed. What part are you playing in your environment? Are you honored and recognized for the love and goodwill you distribute the moment you set foot in your workplace? Have you caught a vision of what is really important in life? Have you set yourself a spiritual plan, a spiritual goal to be achieved before you pass on into the next beautiful dimension? Will you be sufficiently purified and committed to unconditional loving to move into the higher levels of spiritual consciousness? Or will your goals still be those of your earth plane? Ask yourself, what part do you really want to play in your environment? What is your spiritual destination? Just as importantly, what are your attitudes toward other people? Superiority and exclusivity? Or an awareness that most people are doing the best they can with whatever talents they possess? To reach your full potential, you must realize that neither position nor wealth can limit the power you exercise in the world. Your only limitations are your attitudes and thoughts arising from your attitudes. The life force radiated from the mind of a king, prime minister, general, or lowly servant or soldier is equally powerful and productive of good in the environment, provided each one disciplines his thoughts to become attuned to the spiritual frequencies of unconditional love and divine consciousness. Furthermore, such thoughts enter and enhance the world consciousness force itself. Each person adding their spiritual thought to world spiritual thought strengthens it. The only factor which determines the degree of imparting of life or sickness propensities is the level of realization and spiritual understanding that a person has drawn from the source of being. Therefore, the man who happily removes the neighborhood refuse with a good heart and a blessing on all whom he meets is a bright light shining in his little world and the money-grasping, ill-tempered man of wealth and substance emerging from his mansion to go to the office is a pool of darkness which can be felt negatively by those who venture near him. No matter what you do, what you possess, the position you occupy in life there is no limit to your potential development for good. There is no limit to the potential grandeur and glory of your being. 
Your only limitation is the amount of time and energy you are prepared to devote to meditating on your source of being and opening your human consciousness to enter it and to receive it into your mind. Therefore, religious leaders revere your congregations because you do not know what spiritual insight and progress is taking place in the minds of those who may appear to be very humble and of no account socially. Religious leaders, cease your criticism of other religions because you do not know the heights of spiritual knowledge, insight, and enlightenment their adherents may have attained. Religious leaders, realize that you, yourselves, are only as spiritually advanced as is your personal perception of reality. If you have no perception of what lies beyond the veil of your material world, you may be religious, but you do not have a spiritual consciousness. This is the true ideal, the true aspiration, the highest goal, to understand and experience the reality behind and within all things, giving them their individual being. You may call the reality God, Allah, Jehovah, infinite intelligence, divine mind, or divine consciousness, or the Tao. All these names mean the source of your being, your creative origins. You can have no higher aspiration than this, to understand and experience the reality behind and within all things, giving, maintaining, and sustaining all individual being. This was the goal presented to you by every enlightened teacher who has come to earth. They all shared the same vision, the same realization and understanding. Such teachers were held in high esteem, but few of their followers understood what they were being taught. Each man placed his own interpretation on the teacher's words. Each man's interpretation arose out of his personal conditioning and bias. In your present lives, remember at all times that your thoughts, words, deeds, not only have a bearing on your future life, but also affect the people with whom you are relating at any moment. What are you, employer or employee, personally contributing to the successful operation of the business in which you earn your daily bread, be it a factory, farm, shop, or professional office? What are you giving to your employees or fellow workers in well-being and good feeling? What are you doing for the entire building? For the building, you may ask in amazement, but I repeat, what are you doing for your building, your vehicles, your entire business venture? Everything, bricks, mortar, steel, glass, paper, metal, tires, engine, and petrol, is permeated with the consciousness you exude as you go about your daily affairs. This is the reason why some people leave a trail of destruction behind them, because they have an ill-humored, irritable, critical, destructive consciousness, and others keep their possessions intact and looking new for years because they appreciate and cherish them daily. Everything on your earth is the energy of consciousness made visible, be it in the form of solid inanimate matter or living plasma. With your thoughts, you feed or destroy whatever is in your environment. What are you doing to your family, home, and environment? Are you grumbling, denigrating, destructive in thought towards your work and other people? Then rest assured you are leaving a little trail of destructive consciousness behind, which will help erode all that it penetrates and imbues. If you focus on the desire to love, to accept, 
to work with gladness in your heart, then everywhere you go, you are shedding a consciousness of strength, blessing, and growth. When I was on earth in Palestine, I was dealing with Orthodox Jews who believed in and upheld codes of conduct so rigid they bordered on cruelty. Their traditional laws were inhibiting, depressing, confining, and ridiculous. I brought to these people a new vision of an eternal father, which was both transcendent to themselves and yet everywhere present, ever aware of their needs and of such universal love that they could rest assured it was always the father's will to fulfill those needs. I told the people to look around them, look at the countryside, at the hills where sheep and goats grazed in peace, at the lakes filled with fish, at the birds flying in the air and resting and nesting in trees, and the flowers so gorgeously clothed in many colors. I told them, look, understand what you are seeing. You are seeing a world where everything has its needs, and everything has those needs fulfilled. How can you doubt it when you see sheep living entirely on grass? What does the grass contain that it feeds fleece, bone, blood, and flesh, and produces young? Are you not witnessing a marvel of supply? Look at the needs of birds, how wonderfully they are provided for. They have shelter in trees and seeds for strength. As for people who have their needs of housing, food, and clothes, the Father has given them the entire world from which to fulfill their needs. Muhammad, after enlightenment, perceived the same indwelling universal spirit, both existent and active in all things. We, Muhammad and I, spoke to our fellow countrymen of the same inspired truth and asked them the same kinds of questions. Is such an all-knowing Father, Allah, Divine Consciousness, not also aware of your deeper needs, your needs of love, health, and prosperity? How can you doubt this? Only have faith and your needs will be supplied according to your faith. It is your lack of faith which withdraws energy from the natural flow of Father Allah love in your bodies, relationships, and lives. So often in despair, when on earth in the person of Jesus, I exclaim, would that I could tell you and show you and make you see how it is that the Father knows your needs. Would I could show you how you yourselves contribute to making of your own tomorrows and the tomorrows of all those who surround you. If only I could help you see that you truly reap as you sow. If only you could see the truth of existence as I saw it when in the desert in Palestine. You would know then that your thoughts and actions grow in magnitude and strength day by day and take on an outer form exactly as the seeds of plants go into the earth and grow, taking on ever greater outer form of stems, leaves, and fruit as each day passes another. I would, I could, show you how important you are every second of the day in the fabric of your home, your work, and your country. I long to help you see how your thoughts are the origin of all your good and evil. They are the very ground of your good and evil. If it be that evil comes to you, do not look at your neighbor to see whence has come that evil. Look within your own hearts and see when last you were at odds with someone, destructively, by slander, falsifying truth, rejection, criticism. That was the moment of the birth of your present grief. You have been told that you must rest an eye from whoever takes your eye, but I tell you that this is foolish. 
If you have your eye gouged from its socket and you likewise take your opponent's eye, you will probably find yourself shortly without a hand and leg. Better to stand stock still, raise your mind and heart to Father Allah Divine Consciousness and pray for help and healing and protection from any greater calamity. And pray too for your adversary, because any ill feeling you have toward him will only draw more pain and distress towards yourself. Forgive him, pray for him, and you will bring into being blessings for yourself. Not because you have pleased the Father Allah, or done the right thing, but because your consciousness will attract blessings into your experience. You will be truly blessing yourself as you pray for blessings for others. But let not this be your motive. Otherwise, the blessing is tainted by your self-regard. Always, in any situation when you are threatened, stop, stand, turn, and call on the Father, Divine Consciousness, for help, and watch the deliverance. It will surely come. I tell you beyond all fear of contradiction that if any of you will live in the protection of the Father, Allah, Divine Consciousness, by radiating goodwill and love to everyone in your life and country, and even your so-called enemies, you will never be attacked. You will never know sorrow. You will never be subject to any of the human ailments and misfortunes which the human consciousness creates. You will be enfolded in a mantle of light and love. Divine consciousness will flow into your mind, your body, and your life. People may be falling ill around you, felled by an attack or drowning in an agony of fear, but you will walk the same path conscious that no one has the least human power against the power, the source of your being, which has given you your own being and life on earth. No one may deny this statement since no one who would want to deny it has reached the level of spiritual consciousness where such protection is a normal occurrence. Therefore, how can they deny this statement? And I speak the self-same truth to those who have reached the level of spiritual consciousness which perceives the universality of the Father, Allah, Divine Consciousness, and its abundant love radiated to all and everyone. Such spiritual adepts strive to live within and radiate that love, and you will gladly confirm that this is a truth I have stated. They will have experienced the miraculous protection and fulfillment of need, and will know they can relax in the Son of the Father, Allah, Divine Consciousness, Goodwill, and Love. They will also be happy to accept that Divine Consciousness called by any other name, God, Yahweh, the Absolute, Infinite, Allah, remains the universal interpenetrating divine consciousness despite all the differing terminologies used by various nations they will have reached that level of spiritual awareness where they can perceive that behind all color language beliefs actions of whatever kind all people all creation itself is one at the grassroots of their being man and ant share the same origins within the equilibrium of universal consciousness. This is true freedom, the only freedom. Until you are prepared to realize and accept that your source of being within you and above and around you can indeed flow into your mind and body directly in response to prayer, you will be subject to all the ailments of the earthly and human consciousness. When you steal, you will lose things also. When you fight and wound, maim and kill, 
you will be maimed, wounded, and killed in body and or in spirit. When you start a war, it will be a long, bitter struggle. Everything evil you endure, you have been the original cause of it. Yours is the ability to choose the way you wish to live in the future. You choose the way you will live by changing your consciousness from antagonism to love and acceptance of everyone equally. If you imagine the damage and hurt you would like to inflict on another, your thought will reach your energy and will erode their strength according to the intensity of your intention. Do not think that your thought has dissolved and is no more. It rests in electromagnetic strength, taking on form until it rebounds to harm you also. You can do much damage with your thinking and feeling, damage to others and damage to yourself. Therefore, guard them, the tools of your creativity, well. And at all times, turn to the Father, Allah, Divine Consciousness, and ask for relief from any thought which is contrary to true, unconditional love. According to the power of your prayer and the sincere faith in which you raise your mind to Divine Consciousness, your thoughts will be imbued with a new life and love. What we, the Brotherhood of Illuminates, the Enlightened Ones in Christ Consciousness, are about to tell you is of vital importance to the world generally. We speak equally to Christian, Judaism, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, and to every religion and every race of the world. We speak to all because each and every one in the world needs this instruction to make it possible for you to move on to the higher levels of spiritual awareness. We are going to stop here. Please, please share this message if it resonates with you. You can find the book, Christ Returns, in paperback or audio on Amazon or your local bookstores if you would like to go further with it. We urge you all who are listening to Pray for Peace in the World. We, capital W, capital E. Thank you for listening today. You can support this podcast by purchasing our logo where at U equals me Etsy store, all one word in your Google search, or U equals me.org. You can join our One Worlders group for a complimentary copy of our ebook, Wisdom Along the Way. Let there be light, let there be peace.